The NDP is just giving me one more reason not to invest in RSPs. Find out what I mean on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Thank you so much for listening once again. Andrew LaFleur here. I appreciate your time and thank you for taking a few moments out of your day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, to hear what I have to say. So I want to talk about the election and uh, things that are happening right now in Ontario. So big provincial election coming up. We're about to elect a new government. Looks like the liberals are out. Looks like it's coming down to either the provincial conservatives, the PCs, or the NDP. The NDP's come out of nowhere, really, to... Um, charge ahead in some polls they're in the lead and something you know neck and neck basically with uh with the pcs so very interesting time there's a very realistic chance that the ndp could form the next government in ontario and it's been really a generation since we've had an ndp government in ontario um obviously you know surprise a big part of the ndp platform is that they want to raise taxes raise taxes specifically on the as they call them, the wealthiest Ontarians, people in making the, the most amount of money over, uh, I believe it's $220,000. They want to raise taxes another 2% or so. So they're talking about bringing the top marginal tax rate up from about 53% to about 55%. I mean, it's uh, it's shocking just to, to see that number continue to go higher and higher and higher. Um, but you know, as I said, like anything's possible. Once you sort, once we sort of cross that fifty percent threshold, which we were under that forever, um, for the top marginal tax bracket. Once the government, once we as a society have accepted the fact that it's okay for the government to take more of what you've earned than what they what you get to keep, they get a bigger share of your um, of your money and and production and and uh, uh, wealth that you've created and work uh, that you've done, they get a bigger share of it than you do. Uh, and we accepted that a few years back. And, and so once we cross that threshold, uh, you know, all bets are off, anything's possible, 70, 80, 90% is possible in, a, in an environment where we've, uh, we've sort of crossed that 50% threshold. The government uh, now has, uh, we've, we've accepted as a society that they can do that. So um, no big surprise then that they're saying, yeah, let's, uh, let's bump it up. Let's, uh, bump up that tax bracket even more. So want to give you a, a, f- a few points on this, uh, interesting turn of events here from, a from a real estate investor's perspective. So number one is just this idea that the marginal tax rates, as I'm t- mentioning, they're just going to keep increasing, um, this is just going to continue over time. I believe very strongly then, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure it out. Just look at the history of tax rates in this country over time. They keep going up. They do not go down for the most part. Tax rates do not ever come down. You can, we can expect, especially on income tax rates to keep going up and up and up. And it's not just, and specifically on those people who are at the top end of the income earning spectrum. So people who make the most money, who claim the highest income, they're going to continue to bear a larger and larger burden of the overall, uh, larger and larger share of the overall tax burden. Um, so this brings me to my second point in the sort of title of this podcast, which is 
For me, my opinion, and many other investors out there like me, possibly yourself if you're a seasoned real estate investor listening to me today, that is RSPs are making less and less sense. They're, they're, we just are getting more and more reasons to not invest in RSPs. Again, the point of an RSP is to uh, defer your taxes or to lower your tax exposure or to not pay taxes today. Uh, but eventually you put that money in the RSP, which you don't have to pay tax on. Eventually you do have to pay taxes on it when you pull it out. And when you pull it out, you pay taxes on it, whatever your tax rate is at the time. If you believe like I do that in the future, tax rates will be higher than in the present, then fundamentally you don't like where that is going. If, if you believe that your, uh, if you, if your goal and aspirations are to live a high quality of life in your sort of later on years than your, you know, in your, in your, the back third of your life, then, then, uh, you are in the middle third of your life and your big income earning years, so to speak, your career years, um, you're climbing the ladder years. If you, if you want to still be earning a lot of money and living a high quality lifestyle in that, in those later years, then most likely your tax rate is going to be very similar to what it is today. Um, sorry, you're like the amount of income you're going to earn and the, and the tax rate you're paying is going to be very similar. So why am I, you know, to, to put money in RSP now at, you know, not pay the 53% only to pay 55% later on, or, you know, let's say 30 years from now, that 55% is 65%. Well, I'd rather just pay the 53% right now than pay the 65% in 20 or 30 years. Just get the money back in my pocket, pay the taxes, take the hit, bite the bullet, and get my money out into the marketplace and invested in uh, income-producing assets like real estate. Um, I believe very, very strongly in that for me personally, uh, and I gave up on RSPs a long time ago once I realized that you know the more successful that you are, the more you're going to be taxed and the less that RS, less that RSPs, RSPs make even less and less sense. So here we are once again, the NDP government, if, if they get in, they raise taxes another 2%. It's just another nail in the coffin for me for investing in RSPs. And another reminder that um, you, you got to take control of your own destiny. You, you cannot be relying on your, your pensions or the government or, or your, your company or big brother or whatever it might, you know, whatever it is, you've got to take control of your own destiny. You've got to uh, be a direct investor, take control of your money, start building a portfolio of assets. Real estate to me is the best asset that you can buy over the long term. There's nothing like it. And uh, putting your money in RSPs, unfortunately, you're locking it up. You're putting it in jail. There's very, you're very restricted on what you can do with that. And certainly you cannot buy, you cannot buy real estate in an RSP. So that for me is just another nail in the coffin of the RSP just as a concept, as an investment idea. So we've just been told and taught and, and trained from a very young age in this country that, you know, you got to max out your RSPs and put your money in RSPs and all this. But again, uh, I'm turning that on its head and I'm saying RSPs do not make any sense. Uh, for if you have big aspirations, big goals, and, and you want to live a high quality life. And if you're earning a high income and you plan on earning a high income in the future, it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. 
So the third point, um, this is really to me, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. Uh, this, this constantly raising of income taxes on the highest income earners. It's, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. It's something I talk about a lot on this podcast is a recurring theme. And that's this idea of the disappearing middle class. So the middle class, uh, as we know it, as you know, the American dream, the Canadian dream, um, the dream of sort of our parents in the fifties and sixties, uh, that, worked very well and and the booming middle class like that is over that era is over and if you look at all the trends everything is pointing towards the rich are getting richer the poor are getting poorer the middle class are being squeezed out the groups that are growing the very rich uh the top end of the spectrum are grow is growing the bottom end of the spectrum is growing the middle class is being squeezed out um and the there's an increasing portion, uh, uh, the, the pie, if you think of it as a pie, you know, the, the pie is being eaten up more and more and more by the, you know, the top 5% or the top 1% especially, right? So people at the top end of the spectrum are, are taking a bigger and bigger and bigger share. The middle class, which, you know, the, the dream of the middle class, the hope of the middle class, the, the idea that most people would get most of the pie uh, and, and you know, the rich at the top, a few amount of the rich would get a, a small piece and the, the, the poor at the bottom, they'd be small and they'd get a small piece, but most of the people would be in the middle and most of the pie would go to them. That is dying. That's, it's going away. I mean, it's the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. Um, you know, look where all the wealth is going. It's all going to the 1% more and more and more. It's accelerating. This problem is accelerating. So what the, what the governments realize this and governments are saying, we got to increase our tax revenues. You know, we, we, we can't put the burden on the middle class because the middle class is, is, is going away. If you look at, you know, real incomes over time, uh, there's this amazing chart that I saw on Twitter this week, like real incomes over the last like 50, 60 years, uh, taking account for inflation, real incomes increase significantly. Um, you know, from like 1950 to like 1972 or something like that. And then like for the past 30 years or so, real incomes uh, has been pretty much flat. Like there's been very, very little growth in actual real incomes for most people. Um, and if you talk to most, you know, people in the middle class who are, you know, who don't have assets, who are relying on their income, they tell you that's true. I mean, you, you, you certainly don't, people don't feel richer than they did 20 years ago. If, if they're sort of the middle class, everybody's just, it's kind of just, there's no growth there. It's, it's very stagnant. But if you talk to the 1%, the 1% are, you know, the 1% are booming. It's, it's, it's high times. Like the, it's really this, this, uh, major divergence between the rich and the poor. And what are the rich uh, end of the spectrum, the 1%, what do they all have in common? It's they have assets. They own the assets. The middle class do not own any assets. They're relying on income alone to, uh, to build their wealth, and they're just stuck on the hamster wheel. Um, if you're relying on income alone, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're never going to get ahead. You've got to own assets. Owning assets is the only way to grow your wealth. It's the only way to you know, see that curve for you, for you personally, go up, 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 
over the long term. You've got to own assets. You've got to build a portfolio of assets. And uh, again, real estate is the best asset out there that you can buy. So um, the, the last point is who actually pays, uh, you know, who actually pays the taxes? Well, there's some interesting stats out there. I was also seeing on Twitter this week um, in, in uh, Canada and Ontario, like this numbers are staggering. I mean, in Ontario, there's something like 3 million people in Ontario pay no income tax at all. 3 million people pay no income tax at all. Meanwhile, the top 1% of people, which, uh, you know, is like, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's probably like a couple hundred thousand people or something. They're paying 26% of all income taxes are paid by the top 1% of income earners. 26%. Can you imagine what would happen if, if the, the, that small group of people, that 1% of people, if they all just decided to up and leave or they all disappeared or they all got wiped out by some uh you know epidemic disease that only affected rich people or something like if if can you imagine 26 percent of the government's income just disappeared like that because this one percent of people were gone right um it, it's interesting to think about i mean obviously it's never going to happen but my point is just that uh it, the government is relying more and more and more on the top 1%, the, the top income earners. And I believe that over time, that 26% is only going to go up and up and up. As the government, the government sees what's happening, the government sees that they can't figure out how to solve this problem of the disappearing middle class. Um, the, you know, this is a global issue. This is not just an Ontario issue. It's not a Canada issue. This is a global issue. It's across the world. We're seeing this everywhere where the, the top 1% are eating up more and more and more of the pie. They're taking a bigger and bigger share. I mean, at some point this, you know, uh, going on a side tangent here, but this might, you know, result in some kind of a major class war of some kind, like literally a, an actual war might, might break out or wars might break out because of this um, extreme divergence between, um, between the, uh, the rich and the poor. I mean, it's uh, it's getting crazy. Like this used to be the kind of thing you would see in very poor countries only where the rich sort of control everything. Now we're seeing it increasingly in the Western world as well. Um, it's much worse, I would say. In, the stats seem to show it's much worse in the United States and in, in the U.S. than it is here in Canada, but it's still a major, major problem. Um, and it's not good for our society over the long run. However, it's a reality that we have to acknowledge and, and know that it's there and plan for it um, as individuals and as investors. So uh, we can expect, you know, as, as, as condo investors, if you are a condo investor, most likely automatically by default, you're probably in the top 5% very likely you're in the top one or two percent if you are able to invest in properties because most people are, are obviously not able to do that so if you're you're listening to this you are an investor you can expect that 26 percent you pay you paying 26 percent of all the income taxes that number is going to rise over time governments are looking at this and saying you know we can't tax the middle class they're barely scraping by we can't tax the lower class because we don't tax them at all um, and so who are we going to tax? We need to get a bigger, you know, the middle class is disappearing. So where are we going to get this revenue from? We're going to get this revenue from the top, top 2%, top 1%. We're going to take more and more and more from them 
through uh, mostly through income taxes. They will probably also look at ways of getting it elsewhere, but it's going to be mostly through income taxes. So that leads me to my last point on this, which is how are the 1% likely to respond to this increasing tax pressure? Well, pretty simple. If, if you're in the 1% and you're uh, realizing that you're being taxed more and more and more, the more, more money that you make, the more you get taxed, it's pretty simple. You're just going to figure out ways to make less money. Not make less money, but make less income. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna the one percent are gonna figure out how to make less income, and how to how to uh, generate their wealth not through income but through other means, more specifically through uh, business activity, corporations, and capital gains investments, uh, as opposed to earning a high income, uh, actual cash coming in the door every month to look at, uh, you know, again buying assets and selling assets and and uh, buying appreciating assets, right? So again, as you know, it goes back to like as a real estate investor, is you know you don't want to have too much cash flow on your individual properties and your individual condos because your tax your cash flow is taxed as income, and so your mar- top marginal tax rate that's what you pay on that income. Um, so if you, if you make 200 bucks a month and your tax rates, uh, 55%, then, you know, you do the math, you're not getting very much of that, but if you can reduce that number, uh, to closer to, you know, to break even on your properties and you can instead pull equity out of your properties to reinvest, to buy more properties and look at buying and selling over the long term. Uh, more and more and more assets, accumulating more and more and more assets. Capital gains, you're only paying, you know, your taxes half. If if you make a capital gain, your taxes half is what you'd be charged if you're making income. So uh, that you know, it's 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 just basic. Like this is not uh, top secret, you know, financial tips here. <laughs> it's it's basic. Uh, understanding of how taxes work in the tax code in in canada you're going to pay a lot less taxes on capital gains than you are on income so people again i did a recent podcast on uh, cash flow and how it's overrated it's it's going to that theme as well cash flow is overrated because you're paying full you're getting hit with the full tax uh hit on it 100 percent Capital gains, on the other hand, you are getting hit with only 50%. So um, you, you want to have some a little bit of cash flow coming in. Most investors say it's okay. But if you have too much cash flow, if your properties are cash flowing too much positive, you know, you're not really getting ahead because you're actually giving up more than 50% in many cases of that income to the government than you are actually keeping. So um, there's some thoughts on that. hope you found this episode useful, enjoyable, interesting. If you did, go ahead and share this with somebody that you know who might benefit from it. And of course, make sure that you're receiving my weekly email updates. Sign up anywhere at truecondos.com to get the latest on what's happening in the condo market in Toronto and specifically to get access to investment opportunities um, that are uh, approved by me on a week-to-week basis. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time.
talk to you soon and happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.